Wellness Force Radio, episode 49. Listen, your days are numbered. You've lost basically your entire family. I only have my dad left. I lost my mom. I've lost my brother. I've lost my stepmother. I've lost my sister. You have a limited time on this earth. How are you going to spend it? Are you going to spend it making excuses and living in fear? Or are you going to embrace love? Are you going to go after it? Are you going to see what you're really made of? Are you going to test your limits of your potential? Welcome to Wellness Force Radio. I am your host, Josh Trent. Thanks so much for sharing this small slice of your busy day here with me on the podcast. If it's your first time in my house, this show is where I find the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are thought leaders. They dedicate their entire lives to empowering real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. On today's show, we're asking a powerful question. What is your wellness force? Who or what do you want to show up for more vital, healthy, and fit, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well? What force do you tap into to fuel and guide you along the way? If you've been around for a while, you can tell that we've really been exploring what it is to have the mindset, the emotional intelligence, and the emotional resiliency to handle the demands of this busy modern world. Moving forward for the rest of 2016, we are going to be learning from some world-class leaders where you and I are going to go on a little bit of a different journey by challenging and supporting each other to explore and better understand our intentions behind why we do what we do. On today's podcast, we're talking to motivational speaker, fitness expert, wellness coach, and host of the Legendary Life podcast, Ted Rice. Before we get into the show, let's talk about something you can do right now to get 10 times smarter. It's listening to an audiobook, similar to what you do when you listen to these podcasts. For this month, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download at wellnessforce.com slash free book. You can choose from over 180,000 titles delivered right to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, whatever you have. Just check out wellnessforce.com slash free book. It supports the show and it's of no cost to you. So today's show, Ted Rice, I felt like I was talking to a brother from another wellness mother. And I mean that because Ted has interviewed over 200 people on his podcast over at Legendary Life. The guy is so inspiring. I came into Ted's life earlier last year when we connected over some wellness technology devices that he was looking into. But when I explored his story and his life, I wouldn't settle till he was on the podcast. Ted has been a fitness professional for over 17 years in Miami Beach. He's worked with Richard Branson as a client, Rick Martin, as well as tons of CEOs of million dollar companies. But today we're going down the road of what it actually takes to set and achieve your goals in 2016 and how to live a legendary life. You'll understand after today's show how to overcome your own personal obstacles using Ted's life as a mirror and some of the extraordinary circumstances he's lived through. Without any further waiting, let's get into the conversation with motivational speaker, Ted Rice. Ted, welcome to the show. Josh, thanks so much for having me, man. Excited to be on. And I'm honored because you're up to some big things. You're creating impact in the world. You're affecting tons of people everywhere through your podcast and everything you're doing. Today's show is about something special. It's about how to live a legendary life and the ability for us to do this, what things we need to put into play and life practices we need to execute on to live a legendary life. So everything we'll talk about today is 100% in alignment with an honest and sometimes humbling look at our own health and wellness goals and how we show up in our relationships to other people. I mean, is there anything like really more important in life than how we serve other people? So thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh man, I'm excited and I I enjoyed learning from you and I'm excited to, to reach your listeners and see what type of magic we can create today. Well, Ted, you're a public speaker. You're the host of an amazing show. It's the Legendary Life Podcast. Dude, you're basically everywhere, but I want to know what's something that most of us don't know about you? What's something? That's a great question. I would say that people see me now and they think that I'm full of confidence. They would say that I'm in really good shape even though I've been better in prior years, in my 20s, late 20s, they would think that 
this came easily to me that I've always been an extroverted guy, that I was a former D1 athlete and I just, I crushed it in college and I became this trainer and trained CEOs and people just listened to me. And the truth is that I'm a really ordinary guy and I was born with no special skills or talents and everything that I have, I had to work very hard for. And I almost consider that a blessing, Josh, because I was talking to someone else and they had like, they were having a hard time with this idea of the growth versus fixed mindset. I'm sure you're aware, uh, uh, you know, uh, that idea, that concept. Carol Dweck. Yep. Carol Dweck. And he was talking about how a lot of things came easy to him and then he started having a hard time and he started losing it, like, oh, beating himself up. Whereas for me, I've sucked at everything I've ever tried. I, I became a jiu-jitsu champion, not a world champion, but I won more tournaments than, than I lost. But it was through hard work, man. I became I, – I played in bands. Uh, I played bass, electric bass, and – I sucked when I first picked up the instrument. I was terrible. In fact, I was playing guitar, but I was so terrible. They gave me a bass and I didn't realize, you know, you could do amazing things with it, like flee from red hot chili peppers and all these other great basses. But my claim to fame is that I've had to work very hard. So I've just kind of accepted that fact. And uh, that would, uh, that would be what I would say. People think that things come easy and, and it's not that way. Well, I totally agree. And hard work beats talent, especially when talent doesn't work. I'm excited to have you on to unpack this story too. When you talk about this hard work and all these things that you're doing, explain to us though, in a sentence or a paragraph, whatever feels good in a quick bite, who you are, what you do and why you do it. I've been a health and fitness professional for the past 17 years. I worked with the guys that you mentioned. Most of my current clients are CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. But I'm just a guy who is passionate about helping others, and that has to do with my background. I don't know if you want me to go into that or not, but I've experienced a lot of tragedy in my life, a lot of struggle, a lot of adversity, and that has driven me to reach for more than just trying to make myself feel better. I want to change the world. I want to help the world, you know, and, and both of us are on that mission. You want to help a million people with what you do. And, uh, I don't have a specific number that I say, I'm just like putting the work in daily. Uh, so that's what I do. I have a podcast. Uh, I do speaking events and yeah, I'm, I'm just on this crazy journey. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> Some of the time it's just this following this passion and connected with this with this path that I'm on. You started the Legendary Life podcast uh, two years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, we started the podcast two years ago. I was looking for a way to, like you, you have this great story how you were trying to find your place in fitness. My story is that I was a fitness professional. I learned from Paul Check, Ian King, Charles Polican, all these guys, Charles Staley, all these guys who we kind of grew up or in the industry, at least learning from. And I felt like I was great, man. I felt like I knew what I was doing. I felt like I was just on a different level than other trainers and other fitness professionals, but I wasn't getting the recognition for it. And it ate me up inside. When you say recognition, what do you mean by that? First of all, why didn't more people want to train with me? I did well, but it wasn't like people were lined up and just, oh, I'm sorry, can't take you on. There's a waiting list a mile long, but I will put you on it. And also my speaking events and my seminars. And I just felt like I was at that point knowledge-wise. And I, I matured and, and finally figured out what the problem was. Uh, and it was the idea that only my clients knew about me and nobody's going to ask me to speak when I just train a couple people, even high, high level people like Richard Branson or Robert Downey Jr. It doesn't really matter. And it was up to me to spread the message to reach more people and to help more people. Cause I really believe 
we will get what we want when we help others get what they want. So powerful. That's that's been the mission behind that. It just this struggle to like, how do I reach more people? How do I feel like not only is my knowledge in the right place, but my heart's in the right place. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people like that who haven't figured it out, haven't figured out, hey, you got to build a platform. But that that's why I started also uh, to connect with awesome people who are doing big things in the world like yourself and like all the other guests I've had on my show. I've had Sam Branson on the show. I've had uh, just so many people who I'm sure ha- you've experienced the same thing. As you talk to more and more people, it starts to shift who you are. It starts to shape who you are. And I, and I can say I'm a smarter person for it and a more interesting person for it. It's, it's been an amazing journey. Absolutely, man. And I'm, I'm getting kind of excited butterflies when I hear you speak because in order for the podcast to be successful or any podcast to be successful, I believe the guest and the host, especially the host, has to be authentic. And I experienced that from you profoundly. And it comes from a story, a really unique and tragic story. I'd love to go there so people can understand Ted Rice and really feel why you do what you do. But paint the picture of these struggles that you've gone through because they really touched me when I was doing research for Legendary Life. Well, something you and I share is uh, we both had a mentally ill mother, psychotically ill. And it's hard Mm -hmm. for people to get that because they may know, oh, well, my mom's a little crazy too. And as you know, it's a very different situation. My mom thought someone broke into our house and stole her car, then drove it, then reset the miles on the odometer, then brought it back and nobody knew, you know, like stuff like that. So crazy. And things got a bit violent. She was emotionally and physically abusive. And this was when, right after my sister was born. So when I was three years old, this started and it got so bad that when I was four, my dad had to divorce her. And that started this strange introduction into like adolescence, right? Like going into uh, being 10 and 11 in, in my preteens and I was scared of the world and I was scared of people and uh, I was fearful, I was awkward. And, uh, you know, I had this weird relationship with my mom. And when I was 14, when I started to hit adolescence, started to come out of it, she, she died in a car accident. And it sent me down a really dark road in high school, not just because I lost my mom, but I had all these unresolved issues because I loved her, but she had this illness and I didn't want to spend time with her. And that weekend that she died, I was supposed to go over there because that was her weekend of custody. And I felt so guilty about it. And man, instead of health and fitness in high school, it was drugs, alcohol, hanging out with the wrong crowd, getting arrested they had to put me in a special school just so I could make it through high school. And I did make it through. I got to college. And for the first time, I started to apply myself. I started to come out of that darkness that my mom's death uh, sent me into. I started to have a direction. I wanted to study neuroscience because I thought it was cool because I was fascinated how my mom's brain just wasn't working right. But I thought something in neuroscience could help me help other people. I always wanted to help other people. It's just been in my DNA. Unfortunately, it wouldn't last long. When I was 19, my nine-year-old brother, Jimmy, went missing and it became national news. The media was literally camped outside my parents' house every day during that time. The FBI got involved. The local homicide department got involved. And Nobody could figure out where he was. We had all these leads, even psychics got involved after they cleared the family because that's who they have to clear first and you know interview and interrogate. They were looking, we were just looking at any anywhere for for any type of clue as to what had happened to him. The community got involved, searches every week, and it was a hellish experience not knowing what happened. Just, is he okay? Is he alive? Is he not alive? Three months later, I got a call from an FBI agent telling me that they had found my brother. 
He had been kidnapped while walking home from school one day. He was taken to a trailer by this individual, the sick individual. He was raped and he was eventually murdered as he tried to escape. And that sent me down an even into an even darker place than my mom's death. I got very depressed. I got psychotically depressed. I, I haven't talked about that that much. People just think you get sad, but I was psychotically depressed. I started having getting delusional for a little bit and uh, I stopped eating well. I, my sleep has been bad probably ever since that time. It's taken me years to, to figure out uh, that that incident, the post-traumatic stress from that incident just had uh, a huge impact on my health as well as my, my physical health as well as my mental health. But I was able to pull it together, man. I, I got into fitness right after my 22nd birthday after being in some jobs that I hated trying to find myself. I dropped out of school. I couldn't, I couldn't focus anymore, but I couldn't do, I couldn't work either. And it kind of led me to this point where anything that I do, I have to be connected to it in my heart or else I can't do it. People think I'm so tough. It's like, no, I've chosen this life of what other people say is risk, working for yourself and doing everything I'm doing because of survival, like we talked about when you were on my show. And that has been the story. And it's been a, a crazy one. But I can say that while the experiences were horrible, it's allowed me to take the energy from those negative experiences, those tragedies, and to say, hey, you have this energy. Either you can keep beating yourself up, go do more drugs, go stay out late, drink alcohol, self-destruct in other words, as many people do, and which I, <laughs> I went down that road. Or you can take this energy and do something positive with it. And I made that decision and that's where it's led me to today. So you were experiencing tremendous struggles that most of us can't even fathom what that would be like to recover from. And as you're on this journey in 2012, your sister then commits suicide, which is just another layer on top of this. What happened then? And how did that challenge the construct of the growth you had already achieved? And then what happened from that point? Yeah, well, the, the, my sister's suicide was, uh, it was almost even harder to deal with because I just had assumed that we had gone through my brother's death together and I thought we'd always be together. And uh, she started having a really tough time and ended up taking her life. And uh, man, that was, that was a tough one because I was already successful after coming back into fitness. I left fitness for a little while in my late 20s to, to go be a doctor. I, was, I wanted more success in, in fitness and I felt like that was going to be the thing. Unlike you, you're like, oh, I'm going to work for wellness technology and it kind of kept you in the game a bit. I kind of got out of the game and had to come back in. And uh, you know, when I lost my sister, that was the last straw of me playing small in my life. And it... <sighs> It put this fire inside of me that like, listen, your days are numbered. You've lost basically your entire family. I only have my dad left. I lost my mom. I've lost my brother. I've lost my stepmother. I've lost my sister. You have a limited time on this earth. How are you going to spend it? Are you going to spend it making excuses and living in fear? Or are you going to embrace love? Are you going to go after it? Are you going to see what you're really made of? Are you going to test your limits of your potential? And I didn't want to do that at first, man. I tried to back out of it. But at the end of the day, there was no other way out. All the other ways I've exhausted, I couldn't drink enough or smoke enough marijuana or uh, watch enough TV or any of the other escapes that I tried. Nothing worked. So that's when I started living, holding myself to a higher standard. 
this higher standard you talk about, which by the way is admirable times 100 because there is the opportunity at that moment when the, all this tragedy stacked up and I appreciate so much your vulnerability and the power of you sharing this on the show. I know that what you just talked about reached someone in their heart right now. And on top of that, the way that you transformed it, you took the stacking up of these tragedies and you realized, okay, this is my life and what am I going to do to create a legendary life, which I think is so powerful in so many ways. And it's really just who you are. Like when I think of Ted Rice, I think of someone who's living a legendary life. And you spoke about in a video for your Kickstarter campaign, we're going to talk about that. But you said this quote that really impacted me. You said, the graveyard is the richest place in the world because all the people went to their death with the dreams and goals and untapped potential that were never seen through. You talked about this and then mentioned to change the world, we first must change ourselves. I think you're a shining example of that. And my question to you is this, when you start changing yourself, you had the tragedies happen. How did you transform into training Branson into launching the podcast? Like you were stuck in this job you didn't like, take us there and then paint that picture into where you are now. Yeah. And uh, this is what we're really talking about as much as I'm a fan of science, is really about what Joseph Campbell says in The Call to Adventure. When something happens in your life, when your life gets disrupted, you have this call to adventure and many of us try to back off from the call. So I was working in receivership when I finally got myself together to the point where I could work because it was this weird situation. I almost went into the military. I was sworn in to the Coast Guard of all things. And the, at the last minute, I went and saw a psychologist who said, who basically gave me the out. And he, I think, saw that I didn't have the right mindset to go into a situation like that. It, I think it could have broken me or it could have been the best thing. But at that moment, he chose, he said, no, you're not cleared psychologically because they required that based on what I had been through with my brother. So I was in Miami beach. I had no money. I had no job and I had to do something. I found, I, I just out of desperation, I networked with someone. I met someone, I met a girl <laughs> and her dad was doing this receiverships and bankruptcies. I ended up working with him and I was working in this luxury building in Miami Beach that was on the ocean. And I got to stay in one of the, the apartments for 500 bucks, actually 550 bucks a month for this beautiful 1600 square foot oh, apartment wow. on an oceanfront Not building. San Diego. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, no, no. These, these apartments are were very expensive, but because of the receivership situation where it, they were fighting some things out in court. And I was working in the inner city going to a place called Overtown, which is the type of place, if you ever heard uh, about in Miami, where a tourist gets off at the wrong exit and gets robbed, that's the type of place it is. And I was working there, and I, I mean, there were a lot of cool people down there, but I was not happy with what I was doing. My boss was very mean. He was a complete jerk. And... I was miserable again, and I knew I had to do something. I met, when I was going into the gym in the nice building, I met some personal trainers who, like you, I didn't even know that was a thing, but they were training people, they were wearing exercise clothes, and they were getting paid $75 an hour for it. And although I didn't take action immediately, that planted the seed in my mind that this was a possibility that I'd never heard about. Nobody, that's not a job that they had in school at the time, right? Like to pick your career, doctor, lawyer, astronaut, no personal trainer. And one thing led to another. I had a problem at my job. I didn't know if they were going to pay me. I quit. I took what little money I had. I got my personal training certification, started interviewing at places. And I got hired at the first place that I got interviewed at, at the Eden Rock Spa in uh, Miami Beach, which is right next to the Fountain Blue, that started the the personal training journey. And so you're on this journey, you're training clients, and at some point you get this spark. I don't know if it was divine, but it was definitely meant to be to launch this podcast, to launch Legendary Life Podcast. What is the podcast about? 
besides the inevitable line of creating a legendary life. And what ties people do you have on the show? Maybe give people a snapshot of why this show was created at that point. It was about getting out of fitness. We talked about that when you were on my show, wellness versus fitness. Legendary life is not about working out three hours a day, picking up your your shirt to see your abs in the mirror and flexing, getting spray tans. I mean, if you, if you do that, that's okay. Of course, nobody's probably doing that listening to your show, Josh, but because we're all part of like this higher consciousness, it's about this awakening. It's about raising the level of conversation that we're having about ourselves, about taking responsibility, about creating the type of life that we want to have. So I interview guests like you have been a guest on the show talking about your story and about wellness technology and how it's shaping uh, health and how there's a lot of beautiful applications for it. I have guys like Sam Branson, Richard Branson's son has been on the show talking about how he did his uh, journey to the Matterhorn, the top of the Matterhorn mountain and what he learned along the way. And uh, I have all types of guests. I had Doug Rushkoff on who just wrote Throwing Rocks at Google, talking about, and not just, we talk about health, we talk about wellness. Doug is talking about the health of our economy and how we can make it better. Because not only are we a nation full of obese people who consume too many calories and just don't understand, you know, you got to stop growing or else your health is going to suffer. And also bodybuilders do put on too much muscle and get sleep apnea. But we're also in a time where some of the corporations out there are getting too bloated. They're they're destroying things. They're not adding value. And, uh, you know, I'm a libertarian. I'm not like super liberal. I'm not conservative. I just want, okay, well, what is the fair situation here uh, where people do have to take personal responsibility? I'm a big believer in that. Can't ch- I can't change any of the things that have happened in my life, but I can change what I can take control of. And that is my perspective on things, the actions that I take daily and what I'm working towards in the world. And what you're working towards in the world is some phenomenally big things. I mean, your goal with the Kickstarter, let's talk about this a little bit. Explain the legendary life cards and really talk about these three things. You mentioned three things that are most important in setting and accomplishing goals. The whole idea of the be the change is, first of all, that I believe that the the graveyard is the richest place in the world. And the reason that is, For as many successful people there are out there, the graveyard is full of people who went through their entire life with unrealized goals, with big dreams that they never felt like they could accomplish, that never took steps towards achieving them. How many cures to cancer or amazing products or life-changing creations, inventions are in that graveyard. I believe in the human potential. I believe in the the potential of all of us and how many of us just squander that simply because of we weren't given the right tools and skills to succeed. And so the idea behind Be The Change is, hey, take control of this. Let's write down your goals. Make sure you commit to something. There's been research that shows when you write down a goal, when you publicly announce it, not brag about what you're going to do because that that can be a, a road that can take you away from achieving goals, but just say, hey, Josh, I really want to build this business. You know, I, I wanted to tell you about this and I also want you to hold me accountable. So those three things can help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. And setting goals is one of the things that sets apart successful people from unsuccessful people. And even if you don't achieve your goals, what it does for you is it sets a direction, sets an intention where you decide to do this thing. And even if it doesn't work, then even I'm super grateful that my Kickstarter was fully funded. The Kickstarter is ended, but even if it didn't, I would have been okay, Josh, because I set a direction. I made a decision. I went after something. Whether it failed or not, I wanted to uh, succeed, and thankfully it did. 
But even if it didn't, I would have been okay. And it's about getting other people to embrace taking those chances and going after what they want in life. I love this so much for so many different reasons, because what inspired me when I watched it was you actually had these cards where people were writing down their ambitions. They were claiming, they were announcing to the world, this is my goal. This is my dream. I will do this by when. I mean, that's powerful. Some of the experiential trainings that I did last year are all around declaring, creating a timeline, creating a course of action. Nobody's going to live a legendary life if they don't take imperfect action on a consistent basis. And in order for that to happen, I feel like there needs to be an accountability structure. It could be with a coach like yourself. It could be with a community, whatever it might be. But in my opinion, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, without connection and without community, it's almost impossible, in my opinion, to live a legendary life. What do you think about that? Oh, man. Well, Nicholas Christakis did a TED talk on the hidden influence of social networks. If we have friends who are obese, we're more likely to be obese. That We've all heard the, the saying from Jen Rohn that, that we're the average of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. And while that sounds cool to say and perhaps a bit new agey, it's not. There's clear evidence that shows that our social circles have powerful influences. And most people are not aware. They don't know why they're not succeeding. First of all, it's because they didn't get the skills. Unless your, your parents were high-performance, world-class athletes or CEOs or whatever, you're not going to have those skills. That's okay. You can get them. But just being aware, hey, well, why am I having so much trouble? Because I used to ask myself, Josh, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And the answer is not much. You just don't have the skills that you need to get what you want, man. Just go get the skills. It's hard work. It's not going to be easy, but you can develop those skills. The second part is just taking action, making sure you're going after taking consistent action. I love the book, The Slight Edge. Uh, the idea that taking 1% action every day, being consistent is more important than taking big leaps. And we know that from fitness the, with the, the rush that happens every new year where people are just going to the gym, beat the hell out of themselves, get some results, but end up burning out and dropping off. Where if they started slowly, they could see this, this effect, this compound effect start to happen. And all of a sudden, they have a different identity. They're not the person like, oh, he's in shape, but I'm not in shape. I just, you know, I'm, I'm not an exercise person, right? How many of us say things like we're not that type of person? Oh, I'm not a person who's successful in relationships or I'm not good at business. Well, if you do it for long enough, you will be. And it comes from your childhood. And I know that's something that you've talked about a lot, Josh. And so take control of it. So with this construct that you're describing where you're creating a declaration, you're writing these things out. By the way, I'll link the video in our show notes. I know the starter's over, the Kickstarter's over, but I still think it's powerful for people to look at this stuff because they're going to get a really rich understanding of what you're all about. And I want to transition to something where we're talking about actually setting and then accomplishing. Starting a Kickstarter is great. You said it on your own. The intention behind it was just to serve people. It wasn't even clear if you were going to succeed and get funded or not. But you had this really strong intention when you started. Let's reference this to health and wellness. When people are on a wellness goal or a health goal and they want to let go of old weight, how important is it based on the clients you've worked with and everyone you've interviewed on Legendary Life to actually have a very clear indication of why they're having their goal in the first place? Is that more important than the mechanism of the goal execution? Walk us through that. What I hear you asking is why versus how. And for me, it's all about why. Now, there's research that shows that specifically with, with health goals, that people who, oh, I just want to lose a couple pounds. It's weak. You know what is it? What's stronger? Wow, I feel terrible. I'm tired all the time. My energy levels are low. My kids want to play with me and I'm so tired. I got to sit on the couch. I need to get in shape. Now that is a stronger why. For me, this is exercise is medicine and it's my therapy. It's something that I do to be my best when I show up. 
And if you don't have a strong why, something that goes beyond the superficial, then you're not going to be connected with it. And so when those obstacles come, which they inevitably do come, there's a much higher likelihood that you're going to drop off. And that's why I do, you ask me what I do, what what am I doing with legendary life? And the real answer to that is whatever I feel connected to with my why. I'll talk to anybody regardless of whether they're, they're in health or fitness if I feel like this is a person who wants to help people create the life they want. So if you're not clear with your why, as soon as you run up against an obstacle, you're going to drop out. So it starts with the why. And if the why is strong enough, you'll figure out the hows. There are some people out there that I've even had conversations with. People have emailed me like, hey, I really want to get involved. Maybe a 21-year-old trainer or a 22-year-old nutritionist. And they'll say, I just don't have my why yet. You know, I really want to help people. And by the way, that's a why in itself. But how did you become clear on your why? Do you feel like it was surmounting and overcoming and excelling from the tragedy you experienced? Is that your ultimate why? What about people that don't have these events that happen to them? And they might point the finger and say, well, he has a strong why because of his life's experiences. I haven't had anything happen in my life, so I don't have a why. What do you say to those people who are just unclear about their why? Such a great question. And it's something that I've thought about a lot. And obviously I can't speak from personal, well, I can only speak actually from personal experience. I can't speak from anybody else's experience. With my why, it became the way out of darkness. And I found that by serving others, that led to a much bigger happy, level of happiness and fulfillment than anything else. And Joseph Campbell says, a hero is someone who fights for something bigger than, his, than himself. And I feel like if you are struggling with your why, find a mission, find a passion. What really lights you up? What makes you come alive and go do that? We need more people who have come alive. Not enough people are following that. And to find that, you have to get rid of all the stuff that we actually like to talk about, the prefrontal cortex, the analysis of things. You've got to connect with that emotionally. So I like what you say, Josh, about meditation and spending that time. Also, I would say travel see different things, experiences. It comes down to the experiences. I feel like we're at a time where, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to find my why. So I'm going to read this book about it. And Simon has, Simon Sinek has a great book called Start With Why, and you should read it. But guess what? Reading doesn't create the emotional impact that experience does. So it's about going out there and experiencing life. It's about getting lost in the moment in a new culture, in a new place. It's about going out to a a meetup group and meeting new people. It's about putting yourself outside your comfort zone. It's about finding flow. I love that idea, finding flow. is a psychological concept, comes from Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Don't ask me how to spell that. But Stephen Kotler talks about it a lot. It's this state where we feel our best and perform our best. And the things that get us there are not being comfortable. It's actually when we challenge ourselves, when we feel that fear, the fear that, that holds a lot of us back, the same rational fear that keeps us from getting too close to the edge when we're on a mountain trying to enjoy the Grand Canyon. But it also stops us from sharing our story. It also stops us from uh, asking for a raise in our job. It also stops us from starting a podcast or writing a blog or becoming a speaker, it stops us from things where we're not really going to endure any type of physical pain or, or, or risk. So that's what I would say. Go do what makes you come alive. Even if it feels a little bit scary, it probably means you're about to do something brave. Embrace that and go for it. I completely and wholeheartedly agree because the feeling of it being unsafe or fearful when it taps into that irrational fear, not the rational fear like you're on the cliff, that is so true. The only way that I know I'm onto something great is if I'm kind of scared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time I'll do a podcast, every time I'll speak, every time I'll do anything where I'm putting my heart and soul out there, of course it's scary. 
one of my mentors told me that the fear doesn't go away. We just learn to kind of dance with the fear in that moment. So there's no way. I mean, when you went on stage recently, I'm sure there was fear, but you went out there, you gave it your all and you crushed it. And that's exactly what anyone trying to find their why should do is look for the scary stuff. If it's scary, you're probably on the right path. I want to transition. This is the last part of the show. This is my favorite part. And I'm excited to see what you say. This is seven for seven. It's seven fast questions for seven top of mind answers. Are you ready? Let's do it. If there was one thing you could change about the health and wellness industry, what would it be and why? I feel like there's a lot of uh, scarcity and fear, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being symmetrical. I had a kid ask me, hey, my left uh, pectoralis is not as big as, dude, nobody else can tell that except you. Stop spending so much time in the mirror focusing on your flaws, you know, and do some one-arm dumbbell presses on the side. That's a little, (laughs) but come from a place of wanting to be better and getting away from that narcissistic obsession. Of course we want to look better. Of course we want to attract the opposite sex or, or whatever you're into. But at the end of the day, it needs to be about more than that. Um, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm about. And, uh, that's what I would change because I feel like that's the place to be. Let's be human beings, not just, you know, a bunch of animals. When you're working towards your goal and you're creating this legendary life and you feel stressed or you encounter a roadblock, what is a mantra or a message that you say to yourself to get through one of life's difficulties? Now I modulate it through addressing my physiology. So I'll say I need to get to bed early tonight. If I've had a rough day, I need to get to bed super early tonight. If things are going terrible and just falling apart, or I'm feeling super stressed and it's not really the outside circumstances, I know that I need to address my physiology and I got to get to bed early tonight. I've got to, I've got to heal myself. I got to focus and show love and compassion myself and make sure that I do what I need so I can wake up and kill it the next day. And that's something that works for me every single time. That is such a profound statement. I got to get to bed early tonight because there's so many things wrapped up in that. Number one, self-care. Number two, physiological care. Number three, your brain gets washed when you sleep. We'll link anything you have as far as resources for sleep. I know you just gave a talk about that, but you're right. It doesn't have to be just like this too shall pass or, you know, Josh, I can do this. It doesn't always have to be a mantra as far as healing or resetting your system. It can be actually physically resetting your system by getting your ass to bed on time. So thank you for saying that. What about a book? What does Ted Rice read? What's inspired him? A book or even a favorite book? I'll give you two. How to Win Friends and Influence People Changed My Life. Because I, I, people tell me all the time, oh, you're a natural speaker. Oh, you're so good with people. Oh, wow. I am such an awkward, inter- introverted guy for the most, most of my life. And that was the turning point for me, like, why do people, when, when I talked about earlier, why aren't people appreciating me? What don't, why don't I get the recognition? Why well, wasn't connecting with people? And it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. And I had to take responsibility and learn how to be better and show up better in the world for other people. Uh, so that, that was a huge game changer for me. I'm like, oh, if I recognize People, if I listen to people more and if I, uh, if I remember their name, they're going to like me more. We're going to have a better relationship. It's a book on having better relationships. And that, Who would have thought? <laughs> I know. It's oh, mind blown right now, yeah. right? Uh, it was for me then. And the second thing I want to – the second book is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I listened to that book. The video I, – I, and I highly recommend get – the audio you like you're listening to a podcast right now get the audiobook steven pressfield reads it he has his emotion when he tells you his experiences i i was at a point where i was driving around miami beach to my clients and i wasn't taking action on the things that i knew i had to take action on i put that on i kept listening to it over and over and over and over and overcoming resistance you're going to overcome resistance anytime or you're going to encounter resistance anytime you're trying to move up to a higher level. That I credit in helping me in overcoming the resistance I was having in my life to live a better, to t- step things up. 
Man, I'm like clenching my fist as you're speaking about Stephen Pressfield's book because I must have read it like four times. It's scratched and highlighted and all these different things. My favorite part for anyone who's listening right now is the part where he talks about the dragon at his feet. I'm not going to spoil the book for you, but please go to wellnessforce.com slash free book. Download that book right now. I'll link it in the show notes. Two more questions. One of them is your vision for legendary life and the community you've built. What legacy do you want to leave when you're gone? Well, you said the word that I think of when I think about legendary, because it's not about, hey, I'm so awesome and I made a lot of money and I lived in a cool place and drove some nice cars and got to hang out with cool people. All that stuff's fine. But what legacy are you going to live? And mine is simply that I inspired more people to do what they were wanting to do, but they felt fear about doing it, or they felt like they weren't good enough, or they felt like it wasn't for them. I helped people do that. That's the legacy that I want to live because I feel like that's what our world is missing. People stepping up in their life and going after what truly makes them come alive. Someone's listening. They're thinking there's been so much information. Like the show notes for this are going to be 10 links, 15 links. It's awesome. But what is one action that they can take to start creating this legendary life tomorrow morning when they wake up? Wow. I would say put into place a morning ritual. My morning ritual, there's a lot of them out there, but I'll share mine with you. I wake up after a great night's sleep. My morning ritual actually starts with a sleep ritual the night before. You can come listen to me uh, on my show where I talk about that because it's really important to dial that that in. But I wake up around 6, 6.30. I don't wake up to an alarm. That's so, that's key. (laughs) I let my body do what it needs to do. I wake up. I have enough water to where I feel hydrated. Then I get some coffee going, some organic coffee. Then I hit a workout. And while I work out, which I do all these body weight-based exercises, I don't really lift weights anymore, deadlifts and all that. No, I'm on this gymnastic-inspired routine where it's uh, pretty intense, crazy body weight exercises. You can get in great shape, something I'm very passionate about. And I'm listening to something that's going to pump me up in the morning, like your podcast, Josh, or one of the other great podcasts, or perhaps an audio book. And that has done a bunch of things for me. It's setting me up with the great night of sleep. I've hydrated myself, which I know you're a huge fan of as well, right? Getting Got to get in that water. I have a little bit of caffeine. That's what I'm into. I like, a, I like to have a little bit of edge before I get in some natural pre-workout. I hit a workout that not only challenges my muscles, but challenges my brain because the types of movements are like L-sits and all these handstand training, not very, not amazing at it. So I'm not doing like one-arm handstands or any free handstand presses, but that's the type of stuff. There's a little bit of fear involved and it's challenging my brain, not just my muscles. And then I'm listening to something inspired. So I'm, or something educational. So I'm set after that. I go out into my day and and without a doubt, I am, I am vibrating at a high level. All my clients love to be around me and it's not because I'm so special, but I put in the work to, to, to bring that energy, to show up with that level of energy and, uh, and, and life that it rubs off on people. Key takeaway, prepare the night before. That's what I got from you right there. Everything you were able to create the following day was that prep you did in the evening. Last question, and I'm so excited to hear your answer on this. I ask this to every guest, and with your background, all the people you inspire and help, I'm curious, what is wellness to you? What's your personal definition of wellness? Wellness to me is optimizing all the areas of my life, my sleep, my mindset, my fitness, my nutrition, my productivity, and putting it into a force to go after what I want to create in life while having some fun. That's to me is wellness. 
Man, that was nice. Wrapped up with a bow of fun because all those things don't really matter, right, Ted, if we're not enjoying it in the process. So thank you so much for what you do, man. I want to give people a chance to link up with you, support you. I know the Kickstarter is closed, but can people still contribute to a charity? You actually have a charity and the charity is... The Jimmy Rice Center Charity it helps to find abducted and missing children in the U.S. It um, was started a while back. Can they go to that site? Do you have a website for that? And then also definitely let's let's give them a link to go to your podcast and learn more about Legendary Life. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's for my family's charity. It's JimmyRice.org. And that's Jimmy. And Rice is spelled R-Y-C-E. I, I know you'll have it in the notes, but it's jimmyrice.org. And my pot, my, if you want to hear more of my craziness and what I'm up to go to legendarylifepodcast.com. And I'd love to hear from you. I do this because of the connection with other people. I could be making more money doing something different. I've chosen not to do that. I want to do this. I want to connect with people. So if you heard me on Josh's show, and I resonated with you, something I said, a story I told, let me know that it made a difference for you. I would love to hear from you. So hit me up with an email at ted at legendarylifepodcast.com. Ted Rice, thank you so much for your work, inspiring others to overcome adversity and create the life that they want, that legendary life Honoring the work you do, man, and the inspiration you provide throughout the world through your podcast and your website, and just such, such an honor to be able to have you on the show today. And I know we'll have you back again. Maybe we can dive into a little bit more of sleep and how sleep can impact people's wellness as well. But really great honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and connect with you, man. Love what you do as well. That is a wrap for episode 49 on Wellness Force Radio. You guys, one more episode and we are at 50. This is so exciting. Thank you for being with me on this amazing journey since last July where we had episode 001. Next week, episode 50, Tony Wrighton from Zestology, a wellness practitioner and neuro-linguistic programmer from the UK. He's been on Bulletproof Radio and he's stopping by Wellness Force to share his thoughts around what it really takes to program the mind from the inside out to achieve our greatest health and wellness goals. So tune in next week and every Tuesday for brand new episodes. Let your voice be heard even louder beyond just leaving a review for the show, which helps so much. They're like gold. Every time you leave a review by tapping on the show screen, you can leave a live voicemail for me at wellnessforce.com slash voicemail. Give me a shout. I'd love to hear your thoughts and how we can make the show even better. Now you get to go and have an amazing day with all the tools and inspiration that you learned from Ted and every other guest we've had on the show. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.